one. Hey, everybody. Welcome to What Are You Watching? This is actually episode six, but um, this is kind of the first one we're putting outside of the Patreon wall. Um, you guys kind of gave me some great feedback. You said, hey, you know, put some extra episodes behind, Patre- behind Patreon, but we'd like the regular episode out into the world. And uh, so be it. I have heard you guys. And uh, oh, wait, I forgot my canned intro music. Oh, yeah, yeah. A little canned intro music that came with the system. Yeah, I'll have to... I'll have to replace that at some point. But anyway, I want to thank you guys. Uh, this is episode six of What Are You Watching? Even though it's the first one on the feed, I know it's already confusing. But that means there's uh, five great episodes already in the Patreon that you can get to that I'll talk to you about a uh, uh, a little later. So this will be a bi-weekly podcast. We're doing it twice a uh, month and with an extra episode uh, uh, on the Patreon and we'll have guests. Neil T. Weekly will be joining us a lot. And sometimes there might even be just a couple monologues, depending on uh, what, what mood I'm in and what I want to talk about. But uh, that's not the case today. I have a very special guest. Ladies and gentlemen, you may recognize him from Comedy Film Nerds and the 40-year-old boy, uh, Mike Schmidt. How you doing, Mike? Chris, I'm good. I, I wouldn't call me a special guest, but I'm, I'm a guest nonetheless, no doubt. Every guest is a special guest, Mike. <laughs> well, now that makes me even less special. God yeah. damn you, Chris. <laughs> You get elevated. It's like a roller coaster. Elevated, then brought back down. <laughs> I like so, that. <laughs> so um, now, Mike, you're still doing 40-year-old boy. How is everything going over there? Like, what season are you in now? Uh, you know, we are rap- uh, we're near the end. There's about nine episodes left in year 12. Wow. Um, yeah, exactly. I, uh, <laughs> well, well, especially when it's like a solo podcast about your life. Uh, this year has been a challenge because I'm not living mm-hmm a lot of life you know what i mean we're all none of us right. are we're all kind of suspended in amber at this point but um and then you, so now you it's you, all about reminiscing this year a little bit yeah well i mean but then again that's that's what it's been forever you know it's i i, I mean when i started the show it's called the 40 year old boy i started it obviously when i was 40 and uh i had 40 years of stories to tell so even in the past two years i've, I've kind of caught up to my own life so a lot of the the shows are more recent and, and look things always happen so there's stuff to talk about and I wind up going over pop culture, everything else. Um, but more recently, you know, with with the heat death of the universe and the world tearing itself apart, I've been focusing on that, which, uh, you know, that's not good for anybody. You know what I mean? You try to get away from that occasionally, but it, it, it influences who I am and it creeps into what I talk about. So um, I can't talking, help it at this point. No. Yeah. The quarantine shows have been, have been amazing. I mean, I'm not look, I'm going to I'll jerk myself off here. They're, they're really funny, really good and and uh, and angry and, and every other thing. But it seems to be, you know, you can find yourself uh, revisiting ground every week that you've talked about because there's, you know, nothing changes. Everything we all <laughs> until until certain things are gone or changed or removed or die, uh, the worth of nothing's going to change. So you do your best. You know, I think um, when you said suspended in amber, I'm thinking about that. Like, uh, you know, at you know, a thousand years from now, or is somebody going to actually extract some of our blood and then, um, you know, recreate podcasters at some point? <laughs> well, I don't. You, you'll be in some classy one. I'll be in Jaguar Park. <laughs> Not like some some erudite, smart, written podcast land where everybody goes and you're there smoking a pipe with glasses in a, in a hologram. And You'll I'm, be in the action park version. I'm ja- Jagoff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Jagoff Park. People just fucking whipping down slides, crashing into ditches with barely any sewer water in it. I'm in. Let's do it. <laughs> well, uh, Mike, that gives us a very good transition because we're going to be talking about what are you watching? And I actually saw Class Action Park 
on um, HBO Max. And, you know, this is it's interesting. I grew up on the East Coast in the 80s, but I was in Pennsylvania. And, you know, in Vernon, New Jersey, this was like um, a freaking rite of passage and a legend to, you know, to go to Class Action Park, to go to Action Park and, um, you know, get injured and have like road rash or whatever. But, you know, it, it got very serious, you know, as crazy as it was, people died <laughs> pretty horribly yeah. uh, there a couple of times. But this this documentary um, peels the kind of uh, pulls the curtain back on everything from like how it happened on and the the basically the grifter that kind of ran it and literally gamed the system um, from ground zero all the way through to like lawsuits and like for years and years and years, like as long as the park was making money, he could literally get out of anything. Like, can't get insurance? Started his own insurance company to insure himself. It's like it's like stuff that you would see in a cartoon that this guy actually did. And it was unbelievable to watch this. Like, this really happened, and this really happened near where I grew up. And, uh, you know, they had some great guests. I, I think um, uh, Chris Gethard, I think, uh, w- was one of the... Um, uh, People, it just says, uh, um, you know, I think it gave him like a, a, a thing at the bottom that just said like park goer or like patron <laughs> like instead of who he actually was. Uh, but it, it was a um, uh, it was a, a great kind of reminiscing, had some great footage. And, you know, this this weird time in the 80s where just there were no rules and you have a park that had no safety and no rules run by basically teenagers and how it existed that way for so long was an absolute um like like you're looking at it like well this didn't really happen like no it did here's the actual footage and uh but like i said i grew up in pennsylvania and you know went to the jersey shore but never never went near or even had heard about action park so but it, it was a new jersey rite of passage for a lot of people in that area especially from people I, what i didn't realize people coming down from new york would actually come and uh um but it was even so poorly designed, there was actually a like a road running right in the middle of the park. So to go to different attractions, you actually had to cross a busy like street. <laughs> like like <laughs> like cr- like you don't even like I said, it's like a uh, it's it's it was like a cartoon. Now there's a ton of like little clips and stuff about Action Park on YouTube. Like so if you don't actually see the um HBO Max version of the documentary, there's plenty of footage uh for free online that you could grab at YouTube. And I would really recommend it because it's one of those train wrecks that you just can't believe that it actually um, happened. Yeah. I I've been following it tangentially. I haven't seen the show, um, but I have a friend, uh, Kevin Sesha, who, who I think you might know Kevin as yeah, well. Yeah, of course uh, he worked there. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> he literally worked there when he was a kid in New Jersey and he's got the, he's been putting up photos this week, just showing himself there with his coworkers and stuff like that. And, and saying, yeah, none of, this is all true. Like, that's the thing. It's there. Usually you'll see people racing to debunk things like this, but everybody right. there is just like, no, no, this is all, everything happened. It all happened. <laughs> people were getting bandaged constantly and we'd have to pick people out of the water. And yeah, it's just, it's a, it's a mess from what I understand. So I'm, I, I, it's on my list. I haven't seen it yet, but I've heard good things. Well, they, uh, they even like would play games at the first aid tent where like when someone co- would come in all scratched up, they would have like this weird bottle of some like um, first aid iodine possibly mixture that was just like some weird color. And but it hurt so badly that they would draw a circle around the injured person and then they would take bets if they could 
stay in the circle while getting applied this weird mixture, then they would get like a prize. And they said hardly anybody got to, did it. Oh my Christ. That is insane. So, That's insane. And, you know, and uh, it's unbelievable. Well, I, I wish, I mean, dude, if I'd have lived on the East coast, I'd have been there. Like I, cause yeah. I, you know, growing up any, and even now, like in the last, you know, it had to be 15 years ago, but any, any of those ridiculous parking lot carnivals i'd be like all right we're stopping let's go let's have some kettle corn and die you know what i mean let's, yeah. let's, let's and i it happened like i said about 15 years ago i was in um in the, you know what the salt and pepper shakers are of course yeah. Yeah, yeah and so they're going up and down they're going around and around and uh and they're getting cute and they're keeping us at the top upside down oh. and, and it's making this weird like every time it goes around so you're wondering what's happening and i remember i was upside down looking at the concrete underneath me and I, I distinctly thought this would be a stupid way to die. <laughs> True. And uh, and the second we got out of that thing, I'm like, yeah, I'm never doing that again. Never. Nah, I can't. You know, just it's nothing. I mean, I, I love roller coasters and stuff at a, at a big amusement park. Absolutely, I'm in. But those those shambling side things that the gypsies run, yeah, I'm out. No thanks. Right. You know, you wonder too, like how many times people have said that this year, this would be a stupid way to die. (laughs) How about getting up in the morning? How about that? (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh. But uh, it's definitely, um, so check it out. Or like I said, check out the clips just, or even read stuff online. It's a fascinating story about a grifter that just, you know, as long as things were making money, people tended to turn a, uh, a blind eye. But then, you know, when... Eventually, what happens is the injuries mount up, the lawsuits mount up, and then as soon the thing that really killed it was the park attendants going down. Then all of a sudden, everyone finds their conscience, and then uh, like, oh <laughs> yes, you're uh, you know you're violating all of these th- these uh, rules and codes. That's funny. So, I would have thought that just one day the guy who ran it, like you said, Captain of you know the the scam dude who was you know zigging yeah. everybody zagged. I figured he just wouldn't. He would have just disappeared with the receipts one day, and they everybody like didn't unlock the park. Everybody shows up and like, what? Why can't we get in? Oh, I guy. can't imagine that didn't cross his mind at yeah. some point. The guy with the yeah. keys in Bora Bora. That's why he right. can't get in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They said even when there was lawsuits, he wouldn't pay, and then the sheriffs would have to come in and actually to the ticket uh, booth <laughs> and like try to collect. To the point where, as a regular occurrence, they got to know the sheriffs and they would just bring them in the back, hand them a bunch of cash, and it would be done. <laughs> what a mess, man! You know, I first learned about this. There's a there's a woman who writes on Twitter. She's very funny. Her name's Desi Jedlikin, I think is her last name. Uh, and if you read, it's at Desi Jed. But if you search her name, D E S I, she wrote about this before it came out. She wrote about it two months ago, and she interviewed the guy who made the documentary. And oh, cool. uh, and so that's why it was on my radar screen. I learned about it a couple of months through her. And I was fascinated, but then I found out Kevin worked there, all these different things. Um, so now we would have so many connections to, right? Uh, yeah, you know, a deadly '80s uh, New Jersey theme park. <laughs> and so let me ask you this too: just as a, in a, are you are you ever shocked at the endless stories that arrive? You know, I mean, everybody's known about the killer amusement park for what thirty five years, and and now all of a sudden it's on everybody's radar screen. Like, I, like I didn't watch that uh, Tiger Nonsense, whatever that show was in Florida, where the woman's husband got eaten or whatever. Yes, and, yes, okay. uh-huh. I, I, I just, yeah, it just it turned. You know, I I have an uh, I can't watch those things. I don't like reality TV. I don't. I'm, I'm because in my mind, there's so many great works of art. Why am I watching strangers shout at one another over creamed corn? I mean, it, it, it makes no <laughs> sense. So, uh, the, the, so that Tiger show though, that it's all of a sudden that story comes out. And everybody goes, 
Jesus Christ, what, what the hell? This is the craziest thing I've ever heard. And then months later, uh, Class Action Park comes up and goes, oh my God, this thing happened. And it's just, this world is an endless font of incredible nonsense that you can't believe until you realize that it all happened. It's so insane yeah. to me. Yeah, the uh, the guy's name is Andrew Mulvihill. That that was the Action Park uh, CEO. Or is and, it? Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what it is now. Um, yeah, and then he passed away a few years ago. Yeah, I'm I'm just uh, I'm endlessly fascinated by people who are able to turn up these kinds of stories and then and then bring them to you. They're just you know I like when I saw Man on Wire years ago. Uh, I sat there. I think my mouth was open the entire time in the theater watching it. I, I'm just like, this is this really ha- this is a real thing. A dude walked on a tightrope between the World Trade Center towers, and and did it in a in a like did it. They crashed it. It wasn't like a, a setup thing where they paid for permits and all right. that kind of stuff. It, they went rogue. They snuck up on the roof and, and and did it. And it's it's astonishing every time I consider it or think about it. And then they're telling the story later. The fact that he's even here to tell the story is so amazing to me. And I know I sound probably like a five-year-old endlessly baffled by spoons, but I mean, the fact that there's always stories, there's everyone, because everyone has a story. I mean, I do a storytelling podcast and I'll tell stories from my life and everybody goes, I can't believe that fucking happened. That's insane. And, uh, and then I see that on a much larger scale with things like this. And I'm, I'm endlessly fascinated that people are able to turn up this subject matter and, and make hay out of it. It's, it's just gorgeous. It's so good. And I don't think we've seen the last of it. Oh no! I think, oh, no. I think like you said, there's an endless supply. Yeah. Of, uh, of what? Well, and yeah, exactly. That wait, that really that couldn't, and and which is weird because we live in a world where you would think we're all cynical and we can't be surprised any longer. Where right. you think you know, well, well, you're like, well, tomorrow couldn't possibly be any worse. There couldn't be anything sillier or stupider than this. And then we're constantly disproven every time the sun comes up. Yes. Yes. Oh no, wait. And uh, <laughs> yeah, if, if 2020 has proved anything, it's like, well, you thought things were bad today. Wait till you see tomorrow. What a shock. So, I mean, yeah, it's, but, it is uh, such a crazy, crazy thing that you never saw. I, I, I mean, look, I'm older than you, I think. And only I, by a year, a couple of years. <laughs> yeah. But I, but I say all the time, like, I mean, I, cause again, I'm 53 and whatever the hell I'm, I'm, I, 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 w- I was hoping to run clock until I died. You know what I mean? I was just like, ah, I'm fine. You know, we'll, uh, now I can kind of maybe travel to places and see some cool stuff. And, uh, it, you know, <laughs> there's all these ideas where you were in the home stretch. And and now I'm, I'm, I got to stand on a stool and ring the bell like Norma Ray every goddamn day. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> it is insane that it's all incumbent upon us to save this. And I don't, I, you know, it's, and, and look, I got no reason to be exhausted. I mean, I'm a 53 year old white guy in a country that, that like basically makes statues out of them. But boy, if you care about anybody else in in your in your orbit, you need to be vigilant. And good lord, did I not want to be vigilant in my fucking twilight years? <laughs> that's that's the one thing you want to give up when you get older. Like, right? do I really need to be vigilant anymore? Can yeah. I just relax? <laughs> right, I've, uh, I've punched but, enough people in enough parking lots. I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> so, uh, Mike, um, the, being we are still uh, sequestered in a, a a safer at home order, what else? What have you been watching, Mike Schmidt? What are you watching? Well, when you first approached me, I, I tried to beg off because I, I, uh, I'm not like, uh, you know, people do get into the zeitgeist. And like you said, they watch Class Action Park, which I'm interested in, but I just, I'm not sure 
I'll mm-hmm. have to watch it because I'm I just I just don't because I'm I'm a weird person. Once once it goes around and everybody's watched it and talked about it in my brain, I'm like, well, let's I'm, I don't want to watch that now, which is the strangest reaction. It should be, hey, you want to participate and be able to talk about it. But there's uh, it's funny. There's a scene in To Live and Die in L.A. where Willem Dafoe has to go get his counterfeit money back from Steve Jones. And then there's a things happen and he winds up getting it back and he's burning it. He's throwing like, you know, a hundred thousand dollars into a fireplace. And his girlfriend says, uh, that's perfectly good money. You could reuse that. And he says, it's no good to me after they've handled it. <laughs> and, and I feel that way sometimes about pop culture and movies and things. Once, once it's been passed around to everybody and everybody's fingerprints are all over it. Uh, I don't, I don't have any interest in diving in. So, I've been I've been doing a lot of uh, I don't watch episodic TV I, I haven't I know there's things I'm missing that are great I even told you that and you said just come on and talk about everything you've been yeah. doing so what I've been doing I've been there's a, there, like, just just to give you an idea Mike uh, there's a Patreon episode one of the first episodes I did with Jackie Cation she talked about Australian procedural crime dramas so you could talk about whatever you like wow. <laughs> Well, this is going to be awkward. All I've been watching are Australian procedural crime dramas. Is that people, <laughs> are people going to be upset? <laughs> no. All right. Um, I've I've been watching uh, movies, basically sports too. I, I sports have come back with a vengeance, and so I watch hockey and basketball and and uh, and baseball especially. But um, but as far as like entertainment, pop culture stuff, it's been movies. It's just been movies. I, I watched. I did watch the new run of Unsolved Mysteries uh, on Netflix. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I, you know what, I, that things have changed since the original unsolved mysteries. You know, I, I, I understand what they're going for, but it's, it, I, I like my crime procedural a little more blood soaked than, than, <laughs> than the unsolved mysteries people tend to be, which is okay. Um, but they had, a, they had a UFO episode, which was just, it was just nonsense. Literally they went, uh, supposedly a UFO came and it went to like four different cities in Massachusetts and so they found all the people who saw it from back then when they were kids or whatever, and now they're all grown up. And essentially the episode is, hey, there was a UFO and these guys all saw it. And it's and then they talk to people and they go, hey, man, we saw this UFO. And then they talk more about the UFO. And then later on, the guy's are like, no, seriously, we saw this UFO. It just it went nowhere. It was just, OK, you saw a UFO. And I don't I, 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 I think we've reached the point, again, especially now, because the UFOs apparently are real, as we all saw from the clip that was released. And then for some reason, went away in a day and a half. Like that was in the news cycle. <laughs> It, 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 literally any other year, I think, on, in in my lifetime, if somebody said, "Hey, uh, the guy from Blink One Eighty Two discovered alien life," uh, I, I got to think that would have been bigger headlines at some point. But uh, but then uh, the speaker of the house went to get her hair done, and everybody went, "What the fuck?" So I, I don't I don't know whatever is going to stick these days. Um, so unsolved mysteries, I watched. I watched some forensic files. I watched Web of Lies, which is a show from ID. But I've mainly been watching movies. I've do- I've dove. Um, I've, it's been a mix of uh, I'm 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 seeing so many now. There's a, it's, which is hard to do via Zoom, but it was a girl I started dating before this all hit the fan. So she and I have been having movie nights once or twice a week, and she hasn't seen anything I've seen essentially. You know, oh, she, okay. So I'm able to kind of bring back all of these things that I love and go, hey, hey, would you watch this? Would you watch this? And she's she's a yes, which is great. She's always wants to see everything. But then it's this weird pressure where you're like, oh, man, I got to pick the right stuff here. I don't want to show her something that she's not going to like. Um, but she's 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 willing to watch anything. So I've been like I said, I've there, but there are things that I haven't seen either that I, I've been. All right, let's introduce this. Um, but mainly I've been I've been watching a whole lot of stuff that I've seen before and kind of marinating and stuff that I love. 
Okay. Well, then uh, give us some examples. What are the ones that you've been sharing with your uh, your uh, girl um, you've been dating? Well, I, will, I want to talk first about something I had never seen, and I oh, watched, yeah, yeah, too. and I watched it the other night. I uh, I again because of the, one of those things where something came out and it was a big deal, and I for some reason because I was working or whatever didn't get to see it at the movie theater, and then just kind of went, eh, you know, I'll get to it that sort of thing. Um, Inception. Oh yeah, of course. Which I, again, I had never seen it. It was always on, it was one of those things where it's like, oh yeah, I got to watch that. Oh yeah, I got to watch that. I just never had the opportunity to do so. And she actually suggested it because I've been, I, I've tried to be as, <laughs> I always say, Hey, look, please suggest things, whatever you want to see. I'll, I'll happily watch what you like too, you know, because I don't want to just be movie bully. He was like, oh, watch this. Well, cause again, I also movie I, bully <laughs> <laughs> really well because i pick i pick distinctly masculine films i mean I, I we've talked about this on comedy film nerds like i i don't know if if the comedy part of me has ended i i they, that would not ever be my first choice and i think because comedy has certainly changed in the past 15 years i i, I couldn't tell you a comedy you know pick one out that i loved or or would, would revisit you know what i mean that sort of thing and, mm-hmm. and I, I tend to, I, I like more dramatic or violent fare, I guess you would call it. Um, and I, and I like stories, you know, so I'm, and, and also acting. I mean, I'll, I'll watch if you got somebody swinging for the fences, like, so I, I'm on board. So Inception seems like I, <laughs> so I watch it and I'm like, this literally checks every box for me. Like everything that I could have possibly wanted. You've got, you've got Tom Hardy and Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Leonardo DiCaprio and Michael Caine. And, uh, and, and it's, it's insane, uh, the amount of acting talent and, you know, I'm a podcaster, you're a storyteller, you know, you write your, you write the comic books, you, you do things like that. Um, I don't know how you felt about Inception, but you know what, it's a very, very long discussion about, uh, we had it on the podcast when it came out and it was, it was one of those weird movies that comes out where. Um, I appreciated it more that I enjoyed it. Like, I'm like, well, this movie didn't do anything wrong. It just didn't resonate with me as much as I would have liked it to. I see. And uh, it was one of those things where just, um, it, it just didn't, you know, like I said, resonate, but I couldn't find any flaws with it. I mean, it just, it is what it is. And it was a different vision and a different take, but it was so meticulously crafted. You can't really note it. But that, so that's all right. But let me ask you this. And again, this might be just a me thing, but, but as a, as a creator, and a storyteller, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I think, uh, without hyperbole, I think I'm, I'm the best in the world at what I do. I create an extemporaneous stream of consciousness podcast. It's often two hours long this past week. Uh, it was incredible, just nonsense improvised off the top of my head. And then I stopped in a diamond and social commentary for like 40 minutes. I mean, I, I, I feel that I'm very good and I'm, I'm, I'm doing better work than I've ever done. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I, I, I was on a real high. I put out a show this week and I was just swinging my dick around. I'm like, yeah, you know, fuck, I'm, nobody can do this. Nobody can do this like me. Cause I have crises of conscience where I sit and go, why does anybody want to hear my voice? Everybody has a voice now. What's special about me? And you'll, you'll start navel gazing and worrying about yourself. And then you can keep yourself and talk yourself out of doing the thing you're supposed to do. So I find myself doing that sometimes, but then this week I felt particularly proud of what I did. And then I watched inception and I realized I don't do anything. I don't, I, don't, I, <laughs> I, I, cause I, in the middle of it, finally I Googled cause I'm like, you know, I know it's a Nolan film, which is, which, but I, I'm wondering if he, but, but I knew he directed it, but I didn't know. I'm like, all right, did he, did he have a hand in the writing of this? Like who were the co-writers? Like who did this, who put this together? And I see it's him. It's all him. It's usually him and his brother. I don't know. I can't remember if his brother worked on that one too. No, no. He's got the full written by credit. 
It's he's written it and directed it. And I sat there uh, just going, look, I, I couldn't do that. I couldn't even drink to the, the, I, I don't know if I'm even the same species as Christopher Nolan. I, I honestly, and, and I know I'm predisposed to question myself about these sorts of things anyway, but watching that astonishing piece of work, just the set pieces alone, you know what I mean? Even the, you know, cause the story, I, I will tell you this. I was, I was very curious that I'm glad that she brought it up because you know, it's 10 years now came out 10 years ago. So I'm starting to see the people go, Hey, let's revisit inception after 10 years. And mm-hmm. I started to see like a minor backlash in, in, in people saying, you know, this movie makes no sense. You know, you know, really on its face, this movie is just, it's a, it's a mess. Right? Like, and I, and I was starting to see those opinions and I was like, and all right. And, and having not seen it and just knowing it was Nolan and all the talent that was involved, I'm like, this couldn't possibly be a mess. And then I watched it and, and no, I know it was, it wasn't a mess. Oh no, it's not. No, it's just, but it's just, it was more people yeah. just kind of saying, Right. You know, every, everybody, that's the disease of our time is that right. everyone if, can, if it's challenging and, uh, possibly a little, um, um, unclear, or if it's deliberately vague, people dismiss it as being a mess. And yes. I don't think that's fair. Or if it makes presumptions or takes leaps without explaining to you what, giving you a basis in reality that it came from, you know what I mean? Right. And then, so people will, they tend to dismiss it somehow. However, if you if you do it in, with under the cover of Star Wars, they'll allow it. You know what I mean? It's it's right. and not always. That's true. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I didn't see the last one. I heard. <laughs> but but I watched it, man, and I I just the ending is perfect. The the because uh, again, could you nitpick it? Yes. You know why? Because I can nitpick any piece of pop culture art you present in front of me. I can. I can make fun of it. Oh, there, can, there's 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 art critics uh, nitpicking Picasso. Yeah. There, there's of course that's always going to happen with art. But how can you know? It's like a, like you and I uh, have a strong disagreeing uh, tendency on Avatar. Uh, it, I think it's you know the story's garbage. We know this, all right. It's Fern Gully, whatever. I get all that, but mm-hmm. the technical achievement, as I said in the theater, I went. I, if there, if there's something I can't do, I find myself endlessly fascinated. Like, and not even just can't do. Something I wouldn't even know where to start. This I don't. I don't know if we're that far apart on Avatar. I think uh, you, that first part I agree with. <laughs> oh, so, oh well, sure. Well, yeah, but I mean, it was always it was always kind of a go to punchline for you guys, and I understood that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but just and, but, but as but, a gamer, it made me even angrier. Like you know, you you look at the <laughs> technical achievement, but like you know, all of these beautiful floating islands and um, waterscapes and jungle and all these science fiction things have been video games have been doing for over a decade. Sure. So it was it wasn't this great, you know, you know, reimagining. It was just kind of a cut and paste. To, to I, as I said in a the theater, I, I don't agree with you. Um, but again, I'm not I'm not as in, influenced or, or certainly as as uh, qualified to speak to it as you are. All I know is I said in a the theater. It's again same thing. With, all right, let's take a better example. Uh, Mad Max Fury Road. Yes, uh, I sat there and just and you know the first time I ever had this real feeling where I sat in a movie theater and went. I was overwhelmed by the achievement was Black Hawk Down, uh, which I saw in a theater. I was in fucking El Paso, Texas doing standup and we watched it on Saturday afternoon. It's me and Jimmy Pardo and we walked out of there and that was the first time I ever went. I could never do that. I, I would have Are you no, talking about Black Hawk Down or uh, no, Black Hawk uh, Down. Wrote. Yeah, okay. Black Hawk Down was the first time I ever had this feeling. And then when oh, I, thought, I got you. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. And then and then it, then it became then that entered my. I think that entered the rubric of how I view art 
at that point mm-hmm. uh, where there was always a small part of me in, inside going, you know, what is this achievement? Could you, you know, I, and, and looking at it in total, instead of just going, well, the story sucked or I, I didn't like the actors or I loved it, or I started right. to look at it overall as an accomplishment. And uh, which is why I find myself, I think, more forgiving about products than and and projects than than some people are. Well, you know? I, I got to tell you, I, I totally agree with Fury Road. I mean, that movie just washed over me. And uh, let me see if like, and I can kind of put this into words, the feeling I had on it. Like it, it I got that same feeling you did, but it, it, I was trying to kind of identify it a little bit, and I realized it was almost like. Um, uh, and a landscape of adrenaline that was actually washing over me where I actually felt that action. Like I was in these cars with these characters and yeah. like everything was kind of happening in this world that, you know, had, had never really been imagined before. Like, you know, we'd saw the other Mad Max movies, but nothing like this where oh. you are just, you are, you feel like you are in the middle of this um, gas fueled wasteland where you know you're in these car chases and you know this combat with everyone else and it just it was it was almost like uh uh, i don't know if this is a thing but passive adrenaline (laughs) yeah (laughs) you're actually enjoying like while you watch it and it was like i almost felt like spent at the end of it like i was almost like there was a little bit of like mental fatigue at the end yeah it's it's got you it grabs you from the beginning from the jump and uh, you know what i'll liken it to this um if you've ever spoken on your cell phone, my iPhone, uh, on speaker, and and you have it turned up and someone's speaking to you, and there's air coming out of the speaker, um, when people talk, you can feel actually it's because the, the the pulsing of the speaker inside and how loud they speak, little bursts of air will come out of your phone, and in and in that theater during Fury Road, it felt like there was a breeze in your face constantly from the action that was taking place on the screen. You you almost felt like you were there in the midst of it while it was going on. It just, as you said, it washed over you. It completely immersed you. Uh, and, and without 3d. Yeah, absolutely. And and it's, it's, so I felt like that way about inception the other day when I watched it, because here again, like I said, when people start to go, well, it's this and that, and they nitpick it, whatever. Um, the way I, I watched this movie is this, this movie created an entirely new reality an entire new universe, but didn't, didn't have monsters and didn't have, but then, no. It turned everything in on itself. And and also, I love the fact that it never gave you a time period. It gave you France. It gave you Tokyo. It gave you locations. But it never said, well, this is, you know, 2017 or whatever the fuck. It, 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 that could have been 2095. And that stuff could have right. been possible. You know what I mean? That's the thing. You have to make that leap. You have to give yourself over. And like I said, if someone's going to take a swing for the fences, I'm in. You're always going to have me. I, I'm, I watched... Um, and this will get to, to something else I just watched uh, real quick. I, I'll just finish the Inception thing. I watched it. I was I loved it. I loved every second of it. It made me want to watch it again right when it finished. Uh, man, it's great. It's just it's cool people doing great stuff with a with a story that just resonates. Marianne Cotillard is, is heartbreaking. Everybody was so damn good. And, and whenever I do this, whenever I see something like this, I'm like, man, I wish I'd have watched that in the theater. Why didn't I see it in the theater? I would have loved it so much. Um, that happenstance just kept me away from it, but boy, it was great. It, it was it was so good. And I, when I talk about guys swinging for the fences, I think we talked about it on on your on your show. Uh, I saw Midsummer last year. Oh, that's one I I kind of missed, and I didn't really make a an effort to kind of see it. And the reason is, is because <laughs> his movies have some very disturbing 
hard to watch parts in them. And I'm like, you know, I don't know if I need those images in my brain. Well, it's, so, yeah, it's funny you say that because again, all right, I saw Midsummer at the theater and it ended. And I, I looked at, I was with my younger brother and he looked at me and he just goes, freaky. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, that was a movie. And, uh, but again, it was, he, he's just, he's shooting for the moon, man. And, but I will tell you, so getting to your point, um, and, and to mine about swinging for the fences. And like you said, you didn't see it because his movies are rough. I've never seen hereditary. So I saw Midsummer without seeing hereditary. Mm-hmm. And now during quarantine, I watched hereditary. Oh, <laughs> and, uh, and Oh my God. Again, uh, a, a movie I couldn't, it ended and I wanted to watch it again. I, I just Googled everything because then I want to devour it. Then I want to see everything I missed in the, in the wake of when it came out, when everybody went, oh, this voice has arrived. You know, you know what I mean? And, and that's so exciting to me when, when that happens, when, when someone is anointed or crowned or you really like, like uh, Get Out, when Get Out came out. You're just like, oh, Jordan Peele has arrived, ladies and gentlemen. I, it's, it's such a fantastically exciting time. And so I went and dove back into Hereditary to read all of the stuff that came out after. Uh, so I watched that during quarantine. And, oh, we, man, that we too. Had, we had a guest that saw it. And uh, the one thing he said is, that, like, you know, I did leave my light on a little longer than normal that evening. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's there's a uh, – here's a spoiler. and I, Well, I won't spoil completely. But there's a scene where there's something in the center of the screen that you're looking at. And somewhere else in the screen is another image that – I, you know what I mean? You don't, if you see it, you see it. And that's the thing is I didn't see it. And so I'm looking at, I'm looking at the kid in his bed. All right. There, that I would enough spoiler there. And, uh, all of a sudden there's movement and I, and I, I, I'm at a computer desk and I jumped in my apartment. I, I, cause I didn't see her there. I mean, you know, what I mean? it was this thing where, and, and she skitters off and you're like, Oh man, dude. And it just, so it made me again having seen Midsummer and and liking it because like I said that's a dude who's hitting home runs you know what I mean he's not that dude's not interested in in a single to the gap and he and and no 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 man that guy's looking to crush it over the fence every time and seeing Hereditary now I will tell you this seeing Hereditary you can see a lot of the same beats that you see in Midsummer ah uh, which that to me, surprise me yeah and and uh, still awesome still effective. Mm-hmm. Uh, but being able to identify them, like it almost makes me wish that I had seen hereditary in reverse, but I still would have identified them. But, but, uh, it, but it also makes you worry a little bit. I won't lie. Cause you're like, all right, are you this guy? I mean, is, is this going to be in every, every project you do? It also made me go back. All right, I'll share this with you. I went back to do a deep dive on Ari Aster. I don't know anything about this guy. So, uh, I start reading about him and where he came from and he had a film that was his calling card. And it was the, it was the film that got him signed and the film that got him the deal to hereditary. And it's a short film and it's available on YouTube. You can actually watch the entire thing in its, in its uh, entirety. And the balls on this guy to have this be his calling card. I, I forever will, will be in awe of this choice. It, it is, I, I believe it's called, Something is wrong with the Johnsons. I think that's what it's called. I need to uh, let me be sure. Uh, I'll I'll find it right now, man. As we speak, because the the, the strange the thing, the strange thing about the Johnsons. Oh, close! It's about a twenty minute. Uh, it's a twenty minute film. 
And and I don't I don't want to tell you. I mean, I'll tell you when we're done talking. But it's it's worth it's I. But again, to to make this your cudgel, to make this your bulldozer into this fucking industry, man. I was like, whoa! That I'm forever on board with this dude now, man. I I watched it, and I and then I delve into the history of that because that movie became a meme in a, in a, in a certain culture. Like I can't, and again, I don't want to give anything away, but it was again, a project I had no knowledge of. And now I'll never forget. Oh, well, there you go. You, you went deep dive. I did. Yeah. I don't, I don't mess around. If there's something, you know, if you find something, cause again, I, I enjoy immersing myself in it's the, you know, the fact that there's a new voice, someone who does amazing things, but also there's, there's something old school, uh, soda shop, drugstore. Hey, kid, let's put you in the movies about a guy finding his voice and becoming a be- like Jordan Peele. You know, it's it's just amazing yes. that he can put out a Get Out, and then you're like, oh, good, he gets to make movies for the next forty years. That's awesome. You know, you're so happy, and uh, and any difference is 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 to be celebrated. You know, to when a brilliant voice arrives. You have to do everything you can to support it. So I, I, I went and did a deep dive on Ari Aster, and I recommend you do too. It was great. Awesome. Well, um, I'm going to switch gears a little bit and um, talk about uh, a slightly lighter film that I saw. <laughs> <laughs> was, uh, I saw Bill and Ted Face the Music. Oh, okay. And, uh, I, I got to tell you, this is it was just pure nostalgic fun. It was just a joy to watch. Everyone involved in this film, you could tell uh, on screen that they all had a blast making it from the stars to the director, director of Galaxy Quest, by the way, Dean Parasat. So I knew it was going to be directed in like a charming, fun, um, just really joyful way. And it, it totally was. He was the perfect person to uh, to direct this film. And it, it's interesting because you and I grew up with these films. You know, sure. we saw Bill and Ted. We saw, you know, Bill and Ted's bogus journey. And it's been many, many years since a Bill and Ted movie. So uh, I made sure like my son was interested. So we watched them together. We've watched the first two. And now when we saw the third one, but like, I'm wondering if you haven't seen the other two and you didn't grow up in the eighties with action park and all these other things, like, would it resonate as much with you? And, um, I don't know if it would because Bill and Ted, even though it was a comedy, it set up this wacky, goofy, uh, world of rules with science fiction fantasy, time travel, the future, death, heaven and hell. And it combined them all in such a goofball, seamless way that uh, if you watch the third one, you would like, hey, well, what is what is going on? This doesn't even make any, any <laughs> sense. But, but these three movies, they actually build up to it a little bit. Like, uh, like if you watch them in order, it makes perfect sense. Really? And but the thing about it was, is that, you know, I don't think it could have come out at a better time because with all the shit going on in the world right now, and even in this country, it was like that, that kind of joyful, um, you know, hopefulness that, you know, we're lacking, even in our new shows and movies right now, everything is like, like you're even talking about, like, there's a lot of darkness in, uh, you know, this uh, reality shows and unsolved mysteries and dramas and you know hard hitting and cutting edge and just really pushing the line and and just to have something right now come in that's just none of those things it's just fun and joyful that stars the the person from john wick Uh, (laughs) (laughs) it, it was just really really fun and 
you know, uh, I, I, they, they did some nice tributes to um, George Carlin, which was nice. They kind of had like a, a little um, living tribute, like hologram to him. But also they named his daughter Kelly, who was actually his his daughter's real name is actually uh, Kelly, like Kristen Shaw right, yeah. played uh, his, uh, um, his daughter in the film. And uh, but it, it was just like, um, you know, I think it was that dose of joyful optimism that I think we're missing right now that we just kind of needed. So I'm sure when all of this kind of hit and, you know, it's taken them years and years and years to get this movie made. I mean, it, it's been a struggle for years and years. And then when the pandemic, they're like, oh, man, now we can't release in theaters. All the studios and even the indie um, distributors were scrambling, like, how do we release movies right now? And <clears throat> they did a weird thing with the pricing where it was like 20 bucks to rent it, but 25 to own it. Of course that I'm just going to own it. Obviously then we can watch it. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Just make it $25. Um, so, but it was the right movie at the right time. And it was also uh, really fun and nostalgic, but I would recommend if you're not part of the uh, familiar with Bill and Ted, the first two movies, watch the first two first. And then watch the third one because it'll it'll make more sense and you'll actually feel um, more on more part of the in jokes that a lot of them do. So it's it's really fun. So I would really recommend it, especially it's not going to be 25 bucks forever. I'm sure that price is going to drop in the next couple of months. But uh, now you saw the first two, right? I'm assuming. Of course. Yeah. So I'm at the theater. So this third one, I would really recommend if you're a fan of the first two, because it it does that thing that a lot of nostalgia doesn't do, where it not only captures the feeling of these older films, but it also um, has a modern bent and spin to it. Like uh, almost like if you remember the Brady Bunch movies where they've kind of um, almost made like a postmodern version of the Brady Bunch in like, quote, today's society. And it worked. It was just that fun kind of melding of those two. Uh, things whereas some nostalgia just falls flat on its face and it doesn't work this 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 threaded the needle beautifully i I thought they did a really good job good i'm glad sometimes when they wink at stuff they there's (laughs) you can wink subtly or you can do one of those goofy ass you know tv commercial winks where you're like get it get it get it (laughs) exactly (laughs) so i'm glad that they didn't do that with this and i mean also well this has been alex winters isn't it his passion project like hasn't he been trying this forever Oh, yeah. It's the writers, too. Like, you know, the script has been done for a really long time. Like, uh, they, they've they been trying to get this made uh, for years and pushing it. And, you know, even uh, I'm sure with Keanu Reeves' um, um, John Wick kind of comeback-y. I mean, John, I mean, Keanu Reeves has never gone away, but, you know, he had a lot of heat on him from John Wick. I'm sure that was a factor, too. But at the same time, I think everything kind of coming together with nostalgia and a big star and all those things, someone finally went, yeah, let's green light it. Let's do it. And I love the fact that Keanu is is more than willing to go back to be that character when he's already – because, again, John Wick, I, I think if you take all three movies and you add them up, he might say 500 words, you know, where, where you're like right. – he's now <laughs> he's rebuilt himself. And, and he never went away, as we said, but he's made himself a star – on on this badass minimalist tough guy and right. he's he's willing to go back and be this dope you know what i mean and and yeah. and embrace it wholeheartedly and not not ironically which again again the world is just so ironically poisoned you know what i mean it's it's yes for it's him genuine to, this yeah. movie is genuine that's that's great i because i i will when it was coming out the and then for two days Again, I'm only gauging via social media, but I didn't see a lot of people say anything about it. I was like, oh, that's not a good sign. You know, and, and 
And, but because everything now usually generates, this is stupid, or I love yeah. it. Yeah. And it just kind of went under the radar a little bit. But now, uh, after a week of it being out, I'm seeing a lot of people saying exactly what you're saying and embracing it wholeheartedly. Yeah. It's a whole nother bot division of pop culture trashing that, uh, you know, they have there's that, the, a couple of bots in a super good whenever anything comes out. That's the, yeah. the suck. Sticks. suck. Boo. Yeah. So but this one, uh, yeah, this was good. And it, it, it I did see like some, uh, a lot of positive responses to it. Good. Which I wanted to see too, you know, regardless of how I felt about it, I wanted it to, uh, uh, do well. And I wanted other people to like it too. Like, you know, if I liked it and other people didn't like it, I'd be disappointed, but I wouldn't change my opinion, but I was happy to see that people felt the same way I did about it, which was great. great. That's great. Um, well, I, uh, getting back to when I, like something I didn't see, cause I haven't seen Bill and Ted yet either. I, uh, um, Inception, Hereditary were two movies I hadn't seen that I watched. And I watched uh, another movie. I watched a movie called Logan Lucky. Oh, I remember that movie. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm curious to see what you thought about this. I loved it. I loved every second of it. I, I, I Man, I dug it. I Again, it's I'm not a, a comedy guy. I don't gravitate that way, really. Um, if you're going to ask me what to pick, I'll pick, you know, I, I've been I've been revisiting a ton of comfort food drama stuff that I love. Like I... I uh, I watched There Will Be Blood, you know, Gangs of New York, that kind of stuff. Um, but Logan Lucky, I had heard forever that it was great. Every, the the buzz on it, everybody I knew who saw it said, oh, man, you should see it. It's really good. And uh, and I watched it. And you know what, man? It was really good. It was it was it was a, like a you know what it reminded me of? It was a small heist film with great performances and a. Uh, and misdirections and try to follow the story and all that kind of stuff. It reminded me of a movie I love called Digstown. Okay. Which has uh, it's same type of thing where it's a, it's built around a sporting event slash heist uh, slash scam slash con. You know what I mean? And, and, and you don't know who's in on it, but people might be in on it and this guy might be in on it and everybody might be in on it or nobody's in on it. You know, that sort of, and it kept you guessing the whole time. Um, and it, and watching it, it made me it, honestly seeing Daniel Craig in this movie. Cause again, everybody's good. It's, it's one of the, which uh, is it's, it's Adam driver. And it's it's Daniel Craig and Channing I, Tatum. And it's Channing Tatum. Okay. And that's not all. It's directed by Steven Soderbergh. Yes, too. which blew me away. And and uh and I watched it and and it's it's just extremely well told. There's every all the misdirection, all the and I, I there was a uh, twist thing. I will say there was a twist that I figured out. I was very happy about it. Mm-hmm. Um where they kind of tried to fool you with something and I was like, wait a minute. And I knew. So I was like, Yay. But um yeah. But yeah, I, I didn't love this one. I, oh, I, bummer. Was, yeah, I was. I want, really wanted to because you know I looked at all the names behind it. I'm like, well, I like all these people and I like all their work. And uh, it just like it. It was another one where I'm like, uh, could, I, I think that it fell a little flat for me. And this is a weird thing to say, but on the editing, like I, I felt like for a comedy, like I thought the the way the trailer was edited. If you watch the trailer, the trailer like moves and it's funny, and the comedy pacing is there, but. With the movie, um, Steven Soderbergh's little long, more long drawn out scenes with his edits, I thought pulled the comedy out of it a little bit. So that was for me, it didn't quite work, but I didn't hate it. But I thought it had. All right. It's it's very similar to Out of Sight, mm-hmm. uh, the pacing and the editing and stuff like that. And, and I I thought it worked the same way. I, I it drew me in. So, I mean, I, w- I was on board with it. And like I said, it was f- funny with great performances. I mean, I. Even watching it, though, like Adam Driver plays this, you start to wonder if he's got brain damage half the time, the way he talks. You're kind of like, all right, what's up with this dude? Missing like, an arm. 
he's missing an arm, but but then he's also so slow and dopey. Where you're right. just, and he and he he made a very character choice to speak like this. You know what I mean? And yeah. you're like, that's uh-huh. a little odd. And then also, uh, I will I will say this though. I I definitely I very much enjoyed the movie. It, it made me watch Knives Out the next night, which I had seen Knives Out already, but I wanted to watch it again. Oh, Let's boy, talk about that movie. Oh, it's so good. It's so damn good. But just seeing no. Daniel Craig and well, real quick, but let me finish my Logan Lucky thought. Yeah, uh, Hillary right. H- Hillary Swank shows up for the last twenty minutes of the movie and makes the the strangest acting choice I've ever seen. <laughs> what is she doing the entire time? She's she's playing this weird, intense FBI agent, but playing it like someone trying to play an intense FBI agent who isn't intense at all. Like literally, it, it almost looks like an improv exercise. Like I don't know what. The thinking was behind it. She's she's very very much like it's 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 trying to be dirty Harry. It's the weirdest choice. Go if you see the movie again, anybody uh, watch when Hillary Swank shows up and just starts doing the stuff. You're like, why are you doing that? It, and she won't stop. Um, so again, Knives Out. Let's go to Knives Out because I did watch. I'd seen it in the theater, but then I watched it again. Uh, here oh, loved it. Loved Knives Out. Oh, I, thought so it was, I thought it was fantastic. And now I, I did have a. Um, um, one perspective that I found interesting is that uh, I really liked the movie, but I took my whole family to see this movie. Like, uh, and uh, both my wife and two kids had no idea what it was, never heard of it. And I'm like, just trust me, this is going to be a good movie. It's a murder mystery. It's, it's going to be really fun. And halfway through my daughter, like turns to me and goes, this movie is so good. So it was the kind of movie that, you know, um, as, as great and cool as it was, it hit this great sweet spot of like, a PG-13 movie mystery that I could um, also take my, now my, I, don't, I don't have young children anymore, but I could take my, you know, um, at the time, let's see, it's, uh, you know, a, a, you know, 11 and a, a 15 year old too. And they really, really enjoyed it. So, um, it, but it, it was just so well put together. Like every character was well-crafted. I thought Daniel Craig was hilarious and i'm watching this movie and i'm going this isn't based on a franchise this isn't based on you know a um a novel this isn't based on some you know a a pbs detective series i want to see more of this character (laughs) i want to see more of daniel craig's character and uh so i'm like yes i want a sequel i want to see more benoit blanc (laughs) right and then they announced it almost immediately because they realized that they had something they had created something um and, 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 was and that, chance, you know, the, there's always that skittishness of like, oh, it's not based on it. How, how can we create new characters for a film? That's 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 too much of a chance. Yeah. And, but also get that gets back. That brings us back around to Inception. Uh, you've incepted us back to Inception um, in that it's he created his own universe. He created his own. There, that's not from a graphic novel. It's no. there's no electric androids, bone and sheep. It's none of that. Not, it's not a you know, one of those where you go, oh, this is this refers to an old Twilight Zone. Episode. None of that. It's. It's he created all of that. He made all of that. That scene again. I, I just I'm fascinated by it because I just saw it recently. The scene where Joseph Gordon-Levitt is doing all the wire work and he's and he's in the non-gravity and he's in the hotel and he has to stack them all like cordwood and get them to the elevator down the hallway because they're all passed out waiting for the. It, it's I just man, oh my Christ, what it's just phenomenal, phenomenal to watch. And and so when you see someone has created something so special like in Knives Out, where you and again, also, just hire great actors. That's all you got to do, man. You, you just just hire ten great actors, and because you know, right now we're at a tricky time where people are like, "Boo, celebs!" or "Oh, actors are just actors. Shut up and act!" or whatever. The the whole world is falling apart. But 
uh, I'm telling you, man, when, when you hire great actors to do what they do, you're not going to go wrong. I, I totally, totally agree. It, it's such a weird, seems like a thing that seems so obvious. Just hire people to do what they do best. Yes. <laughs> and, and, and the same conversely goes for the actors. Look, if you get a script like Knives Out, just go, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to chew the hell out of this. Let's do it and make it amazing. I can't wait to be involved in this project. You know, recognize it, there was that, you know, game recognize game. So the best writers in the industry, the best directors in the industry, the best actors in the industry, just get together and and do your best work. It's yeah. like I said, when you see Inception, there's there you see the actors that are involved and you're like, oh, my goodness. You know, you, Michael Caine is just thrown in. You're like, oh, yeah, why wouldn't you get Michael Caine? Why wouldn't you get Ken Watanabe? Um, and it's, it's amazing what, you know, why wouldn't you bring all of these people in and knives out? Why wouldn't you get Michael Shannon and why wouldn't Michael Shannon go? Yeah. I'd love to be in a movie with all of these other great people. Jamie Lee Curtis crushing it. Just, I watched, I watched fish called Wanda. I just watched fish called Wanda during the quarantine and, uh, same thing. You know what I mean? Where you're just, Kevin Klein is, he's a miracle in that movie. He's so amazing. She's and Jimmy Lee Curtis is completely underrated because she plays against his buffoonery and and anchors everything. She's and she's playing everybody in the movie. It's so brilliant to watch, man. It's so good. Uh, it was yeah. I mean, it, it's just it's also one of those things. It's like a perfect quarantine movie. Like if you missed Knives Out, um, you know, check it out now for sure. You won't oh, yeah. be disappointed. Yeah, definitely. It's in and and you'll be mad, and you're like me with Hereditary or, or Inception. You'll be mad you didn't watch it when it came out. You're like. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, good good time to catch up on stuff. So, all right, Mike, we're gonna uh, wrap up here. Uh, what? Um, where can people find you? Uh, well, you guys can get me at Mike at MikeSchmidtComedy.com. You guys can follow me at Twitter.com slash the forty year old boy. You can be my friend at Facebook.com slash the forty year old boy. I'm on Instagram and Snapchat as well at Mike forty yob Mike four zero yob But uh, most importantly, there's uh, two things I'll tell Well, three things. I've got a YouTube channel, youtube.com slash the 40-year-old boy, and that's got the 12-year archive of the 40-year-old boy podcast. Uh, and that's the linchpin for everything that I do. People know me from the podcast. It's called the 40-year-old boy. It's available wherever you're going to find podcasts in the Apple podcast space and Spotify, the 40-year-old boy. Like I said, it's been around forever. And I think uh, I've done great work here and certainly this year in dealing with what the hell we're dealing with. Um, I know people get intimidated or frightened by a one person show, uh, but I fill the space. I do a decent job of it. So go ahead and give it a chance. The 40 year old boy podcast available now in any podcast space you can find. And also I'm at twitch.tv slash the 40 year old boy, and I'm streaming myself. Sometimes we're just chatting and I'll talk on there. Sometimes I play video games. We play these, uh, puzzle games that you can participate and play along. Uh, but it's more about just kind of hanging out and visiting with me for an hour or so a day, actually two hours a day. Cause it's never just an hour. Uh, but that's twitch.tv slash the 40 year old boy. Uh, you can find me on there streaming games all the time or see clips or old streams there and kind of get a feel for what we do. Oh, that sounds great, Mike. Yeah. Uh, well, I want to, uh, send you guys to whitecatentertainment.com. That's kind of like the hub, the new company. And from there you could learn about, uh, more about, the uh, all the podcasts and comic books that i've been working on and also you could join the patreon through there like for five bucks a month you actually can get um, a bonus episode of this podcast along with um, extras from the other podcast like the quiet journeys of professor atwood that just launched that is a comedy storytelling relaxation podcast about uh scientist slash explorer Jonathan Peter Atwood, who goes on journeys through the world and beyond. And you'll also get some cool soundscapes with music and sound effects to just kind of 
bring everything down a notch for everybody this year. I thought it would be a, a good time to launch this podcast. I've been working on it all year. So check out uh, whitecatentertainment.com where you can also join a mailing list. And as always, this is a new podcast to iTunes. So like, subscribe, uh, rate, all of those things will be helpful. So thanks a lot, everybody. And thanks again for all the support from Comedy Film Nerds for a decade and uh, onward and upward. New things and uh, take care and uh, be safe out there, everybody. Bye bye.